All right. Started last week. Um, let me recap for you. The only way that the, there can be a new year in the same God is that a um, reference point for this is Hebrews 13.8, that Jesus Christ, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what would it look like for that to be true? The calendar has changed. To recap for you quickly, but we, we began, how we get to part six is because we talked about prayer, and I referenced uh, Acts 17 and verse 16. Paul comes into Athens, and the scripture says that he, he, he is provoked in his spirit. Looks around, sees a, idols, the place is given over to idols, and it disturbs him enough. And, it, and so it moves him to take some action. He ends up getting an invitation on Mars Hill to share the gospel, a door that God obviously opened. But I started with that because as we started the year, because you and I should be disturbed in our spirit. We should be provoked. And I just wanted to encourage you in this new year that like never before that you become a man or a woman of prayer, that you don't just say, hey, we're going to pray for you. We're writing that down. No, you actually pray right now in this place and whatever the situation is, you become that person of prayer. I share with you from 2 Samuel chapters 4 and 9 from Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth uh, dropped when he was five years old, becomes lame in both his feet to, through no fault of his own. And I, I looked at my own life and I, I felt you know, that's happened to me. I was dropped about when I was five years old. I definitely identify with that and and thinking that some of us may have too. It may not have been at age five, but you were dropped. There was something that happened in your life that was of no fault of your own. And, and yet the story there ends with a great invitation from the king to come to his table. And it would always be that way. And our king gives an invitation as well. We've talked about discipleship and what it is to navigate this natural world with a supernatural mindset being mindful and observant and ready to be able to make disciples because we're, we're naturally sharing our faith and we're, we're naturally about just the simplicity of let's walk through Scripture together, talk about what's going on in our life, pray together. And so discipleship, instead of being some crazy mystical thing, but it, it, it's just a natural rhythm of your life and mine that we're about discipleship-making activities. We've talked about worship from 2 Samuel chapter 6, this, and this, that the Spirit of God no longer in a box, no longer in a temple, but, but that he's, it's no longer a place, but it's actually people. And so we, we get that from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 19, the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul saying, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? And that, I tried to challenge you last week that you and I have the opportunity and the responsibility as we identify as priests and presence carriers that we take the responsibility then to carry the presence of God. And the story there in 2 Samuel was about carrying the presence. They were carrying on the ark, and, 
ark had been gone for about 20 years and you know no presence no presence of god in that in that uh section of scripture but david one of his first thing he does as king is say you know what we got to get the ark back we gotta, we got to get the presence back and so just thinking you know what does it look like because you know maybe in your life maybe in your environment, you're thinking too, well, it's been a, a while since we've experienced the presence of God, and it's time to get that back. It's time to have be the, 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 the son or daughter of God that takes on the responsibility of carrying the presence of God. I want to take that a step further today. Because with that and, what, and for that to be true, for us to be temples of the Holy Spirit, uh, Paul also writes in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 about the Spirit of God, saying this, but you are not in the flesh, this is Romans 8 9, you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if indeed the, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. And now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So it's conditional here, but we're, we're looking out today, and we, there are many, as I look out, that you have, you have a profession of faith. You, you say you are a Christian. You are a child of God. And so Paul's writing this here. Well, if that's the case, then you're not operating in the flesh, but you're operating in the Spirit, and if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. And so temple of the Holy Spirit... Um, the, we're not operating in the flesh then, but we should be operating in the spirit. And yet I talked to you last week about sometimes the idea is that we have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And Amy helped me later on and sent me a great image. I, I want to share that with you. Okay, and the image is actually too taking a baby that you're giving a bath to and you go to throw out the water but you're throwing the whole baby out as well. And the idea is this, the definition is that you lose something valuable when trying to get rid of something unwanted. And, and so that, that, that's the imagery, that's the picture. Like you're getting a new phone and you just throw the charger away with it is the example given there. And the thought with that that I gave you last week I'm trying to pick up on today is that sometimes in the church is that we have done the same perhaps with the Holy Spirit. That something has, has happened, we've had a bad experience, we've seen something ridiculous or weird, and then, then it becomes, well, let's just, let's just get rid of that. We're not dealing with that anymore. And that we potentially throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so I'm wanting to bring us back today to a centered place. It was, it was 20 some years ago, and it, it, it's, Paula thinks it's funny that I can remember things from a message 20 years ago, but, I, but when you're assigned to, uh, to preach or you feel like the call of God in your life is to share his word, then I'm always thinking like that, and I, I think there's probably some of you in the room that maybe think that way as well, but I heard pastor and author Jim Cimbala of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Now, the Brooklyn Tabernacle is uh, like an inner city church in Brooklyn, New York. Tuesday nights, for a long time, they've had a prayer gathering, and, and, and there's a line out the street often for that prayer gathering. 
And he shared, I heard him in Indiana, and he was talking about what he had seen, and what I'll share with you now is what I also have seen and what I have experienced. But what he described was that of a pendulum. Now, if you could imagine a grandfather clock, you know, it kind of goes like this. There's There's a pivot point, and it goes from one side to the other. I had one of those in my house growing up, and it was tick, tock, tick, tock, and it went from left to right, and it was from one extreme to the other. And what he described was that that's what even in, in Brooklyn, New York, what he had seen happen is this, a, this pendulum swing. And then on one side, you see um, what, what is a little, little bit crazy, a little bit weird. I'm going to give you two extremes for a moment. What he talked about was on one side, there's a, there's a move of the Holy Spirit. And that it is taken, though, to an extreme, that in its extremeness gets weird. That on this far end, there are those who, who take it to such an extreme that emotions take over and, and, and there becomes a bad experience and, and there's even manipulation of people blaming everything on the Holy Spirit. And it ends up being very weird. And it ends up being in a, a case where folks get hurt. And for, for some who use the Holy Spirit even for a prophet center, and they blame everything, and, and in reality what's going on is it's egos going on. And it is uh, people who are trying to build their own kingdom. And it is people who are trying to uh, make a buck out of uh, the presence of God. And, and, and they have no concern for people. And I've experienced that firsthand. Because as a young believer, just, just hungry for the things of God. And ending up in a place where I have people trying to mentor me. And I'm, I'm, I've got an open mind. I have no real big background. I'm just listening but we end up, we, Paul and I, end up seeing these things taken to the extreme. Where people have no regard for other people. They're laughing and mocking and joking about the, what they're taking in, in in terms of money and profit. And how they have abused. We see them abusing authority. And it's, they're, they're narcissists. They're, they're, their ego's gone mad. And you could look at that kind of extreme, and some of you may be here today could identify with what I'm saying, and I'm just echoing what Jim Cimbala has said. But you've experienced that too. Someone that using the Holy Spirit and using position and authority to take it to an extreme, and it becomes a very hurtful thing. And it would be very easy then to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And say, that's weird, and I'm not going to do anything, and I have nothing to do with that. And the reality of that is that people have been doing that for a long time. See, you look at, I won't take time today, but I will take time another day. But Acts chapter 8, Simon the sorcerer, he kind of gets on board. Scripture says he was saved, baptized, discovers the Holy Spirit. Man, he wants some of that. But Peter recognizes and says, no, 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 your heart's not in the right place. 
He's a, he's a confessing believer, but Peter rebukes him and says, your heart is not in the right place. We're talking early church, early years, brand new, and someone sees a way to make him a prophet from the Holy Spirit, and he's rebuked by Peter. It would be very easy even then back Back in the early churches say this is, this is uh, extreme and this is weird and let's just not even go there. Let me give you another side to the pendulum. On the other side is that we become so uh, ingrained in, let's, yeah, let, let's get our theology right, let's walk it by faith in Jesus Christ and we understand our relationship with Jesus, our access to the Father and we're good with, he's a good, good father. We can identify with that. And that becomes how we operate. To the point and to the extreme and to the weirdness of, we say Holy Spirit, but we're not, it's nothing. There were, you could, if that's the circle, if that's the pendulum, and, and it just becomes this dry, formal religious routine because the Holy Spirit is never allowed to interrupt anything. Holy Spirit never allowed to dire redirect or direct your path because it's much safer over here. We don't have to deal with any of that crazy side of the pendulum. But this is just as weird because theologically, everybody over here is going to say, well, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity. It's just we don't live that out. And so there's two extremes to the pendulum. And you could find yourself affected by or setting in either one of those. And if you're on either one of those extremes, my encouragement to you today would be, folks, we need to repent. Amen. You need to say, I'm sorry. If you've been about, you, maybe you've learned some really bad habits about the Holy Spirit in a way that it could be a way to manipulate people or a way to make a buck or, to, or a, a way to credit God with everything. Or you recognize today or the Holy Spirit would reveal to you that you, your ego is out of control. Right. We've made much in Christian culture about celebrity Christians. And I saw them this week as we or in amazement, or we should be, about this revival going on in Kentucky at Asbury. And a lot of very famous people coming in the room, hey, I'm here to help, you know. And, and they're saying, you know what, we got it. Who says you got it? Well, it's people you've never heard of before. But the Spirit of the living God has entrusted them with, with the stewardship of His presence. And they've taken on the responsibility. And they're saying, you know what? No thank you, celebrity Christian culture. We are capable of being the priests that carry the presence of God. It's the same for you and I. And so I'm trying to get you. If this, you've been over here and this has been your camp. You're in leadership in that. Or you've been hurt by that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for that if you've been hurt by that, but I want that not to be the context that is not the scriptural context that we read about. And I'm trying to draw you back into a middle where you can experience again the, the presence of God and the Holy Spirit in a way that is healthy. I'm trying also, though, if you're over here in this camp, 
And, and if I were to ask you today, when was the last time that the Holy Spirit led you to do anything? And you have to get back to 1978. Then there's something wrong. And you too need to repent. To say, God, help me. We've been keeping it safe over here, but maybe there's some room to just be open to the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is able to do some things in our life and lead us to do and ask and be people who are walking in line with the Holy Spirit. Just as I had two mechanics bless my life back in 1985, I did not even know to ask them. But I believe the Spirit of God impressed upon them. You know what? You have a skill set. You see that smoke. Go bless this young couple. And they did. When was the last time that happened in your life? Where maybe you saw a need. You were aware of a financial need. And you became aware. And you said, you know what? The, the Spirit of God revealed to you, you know what? I've got a little extra. I've got a thousand Q extra. And I see this need. Let me go and meet that need. And then that may lead you then to go into that situation to get involved and get messy and, and just approach someone and say, hey, I understand you have a need. Let me help you with that need. Amen. It could also look like, if I could raise the bar for a moment, that you see that same need but you go and get someone else. You, know, you say, you know what? Uh, Michelle, can you help me? I see this need. They don't even need to know where it's coming from. Will you help me take care of this? Okay? No one needs to know. It's anonymous then, isn't it? Your name's not on the plaque. There's no credit, but there's great glory to God. Because you're walking in the Spirit. Just like we read about in Scripture but you're led by the Spirit of the living God to meet the needs of the people around you. And it could be financial, and it could be that the Holy Spirit empowers you then to be a bold witness. What would it look like to be a bold witness today? What would it look like for you? I, I, I think when I look for opportunities to be a bold witness Lo and behold, if God doesn't give me one, he'll do the same for you. Maybe your workplace. Yeah, you, maybe you, you're having to wear a company logo, and, but there's someone on the side. They email you, they message you, and you understand that there is a great gap in their life and they are not walking with God, but you have the opportunity to say, can I pray for you? Amen. And they may ask, well, wh who would you pray to? And then you have the opportunity. I pray because I have found great faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior and my King. And He listens when I pray. And He's connected us. And I just want to bring what's going on in your life before Him and pray in His name. Would that be okay today? That's a bold witness. That's someone who shares their faith. That's the rhythm of life. That's the beginning of discipleship. That's the begin of, beginning of relationship. When was the last time the Spirit of God moved in your life to do something like that? And then maybe it needs to be known 
And maybe it does not. Because you only want the glory to go to him anyway. He knows. And he, if there's a scorekeeper, he's the scorekeeper. Not everybody needs to know what's going on in your life. Not everything needs to be on social media. Not everything needs to be a photo. See, the Holy Spirit, this middle ground, it's where the Holy Spirit is alive and well, still working to convict us, to counsel us, to guide us, empower us as bold witnesses, give gifts to the believer. And yet on both extremes, we've got weird and we've got bad theology. I'm pulling you into the middle. I believe God is pulling us into the middle that he is in the process of pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Amen. That scripture tells us in Acts 2, referencing Joel 2, that it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I ask you again, when was the last time the Holy Spirit led you to do anything. See, here's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. Is it we we all everybody here? I look out and I, I see I, I, there's a great room of talented people. We all have a set of talents. We all have a level of education. We all have some of us like me, decades of experience in the church and with, with walking with God. We're very capable of living a life living a career, and even accomplishing ministry very successfully without any strength or input needed from the Holy Spirit. I say that to you because it's a danger zone. It doesn't mean it's going to be fruitful, but you and I, many of you in this room, very capable of navigating this life very much on your own and very much from a perspective. You could be over here. We love the Father. We have relationship with the Son. But the Holy Spirit hasn't let us. It's been a while. But our life is in order. Our career is progressing. Our educational goals accomplished. We're parenting well. We serve in the church. Everything is in order. It's very possible for the Holy Spirit to be forgotten, to be neglected, to be not part of the leadership of our life. I would go on and say even church growth can happen without the Holy Spirit. Francis Chan said this, he said, if you combine a charismatic speaker, a talented worship band, and some hip creative events, people will attend your church. Yet this does not mean that the Holy Spirit is actively working and moving in the lives of the people who are coming. It simply means that you have created a space that is appealing enough to draw people in for an hour or two on a Sunday. God help us. James, the half-brother of Jesus, put it the same thing but a different way in James 3, verse 10 and 11. That out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. 
My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? You imagine opening, a, a, for us, would be opening a valve. And, and there's, maybe it's fresh water and other times it's bitter water. How is it that you could, the same source could have two different things? How could there be coming out of the mouth blessing and cursing from the same place? What does it look like when we get outside of the church walls and we interact with believers and unbelievers? Can, can anybody really tell a difference? How we live and how we act and how we speak? The people that, maybe there's some people from church even in your workplace, what, would, would you know from their actions and lifestyle that they were followers of Jesus? If it is true that the Spirit of God dwells in us and, and that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, shouldn't there be a huge difference between the person who has the Spirit of God living in them and the person who does not? That's actually a very fair question. If I were to tell you this week that the Holy Spirit, God's presence has come upon me and that now... I have special talent from God to play basketball. I can take you, JB, wherever you are. I'm going to dunk on you. If I tell you that, then some of you are going to say, okay, come on. Show me what you got because if, if God has endowed you, all of a sudden God's given you that special ability, then there's going to be some results from that. But if I go out and, and, and there's no evidence of what I just said. And JB says, you got nothing. And he's right. That's a fair observation and a fair question. Where is this gift of God you say you have? Because it looks like you got nothing. You see, when we say and for the global church and for most of this room, as I look out today, you profess faith in Jesus Christ. And that would mean, based on Scripture, that there is a work of the Holy Spirit within you at a very minimum. But if there is no difference in your life to the casual observer, to the family member or the friend, are you sure? Did you really repent of your sins and there's really a work of the Holy Spirit within you? See, that sports analogy, it, it, it applies in the spiritual side of things as well. People all over the world, they say, the Holy Spirit has come into me. I, I, I have now this supernatural ability to follow Christ and put sin to death and serve the church and I'm born again. It's been death to life and, and yet... We just don't see any difference. I think any, there's a right to inspect the fruit, to, to question then. You know, I, I, don't, I just don't see any difference. And if, that, if that's the truth, then I think anyone who's watching then has the right to question your integrity. Question what you're saying. Maybe even question God. Is 
God's alive and God is real and these people are, are saying, what, what, what is going on? As Francis Chan talked about, you know, gathering people. You, you get the right speaker, you get some musicians and you get some chairs and you gather some people in a room. There's so much more to God and following Jesus than gathering a group of talented people together to hold a church service. Maybe it's our comparison. Maybe it's what we've compared ourselves to. I have a quote from A.W. Tozer that may be on the screen. That we may as well face it, the whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateaus and the things of the Spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord, and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Ghost. Written decades ago, but nails it. Nails it. We compare ourselves by ourselves. And we end up with a very cheap substitute. Here's what, here's, here, here's what Jesus says. You know, Jesus, John chapter 14, Jesus is about to leave. And here's what he tells us. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He's saying, trust him, don't worry. He's trying to prepare the disciples. Hey, I, guys, I'm leaving. It's been a great three and a half years here, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And here's what I want you to get. I want you to get that uh, don't be troubled. Don't, don't worry. Just trust me. And then beginning in verse 2, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Trust me, don't worry, I'm going to prepare a place. And then drop down to verse 12 and through 14. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Prayers are heard. Trust me, don't worry. I'm going to prepare a place. I hear your prayers. And then he shares in verse 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Another counselor. Trust me, don't worry. I'm preparing a place. I hear your prayers. I'm going to provide another counselor. The Greek word another here means another that is just like the first. As opposed to another that is an, another kind or another sort, it's something different. No, Jesus saying that the one who would come would be just like him. And that's how he leaves the disciples. And that is the word that we have. And the expectation that that. Yeah, we're not with Jesus, we're not one of the 12, but he launches the church and he promises that 
Jesus is able to be present with us. And we get that. I, I, I look out. I, I know who's here. I know conversations I've had. We understand that theology. We do not argue with that theology. But do we practice that theology? Are we practicing the presence of Jesus? The Holy Spirit. I got this camp over here. And I'm challenging you that you could be over here in a walk with the counselor, the, the, the presence of Jesus, you, you, that you're missing that. You, you, your theology is right, but it's weird when you're not led by the Holy Spirit about anything in your life. And then we've got this over here. This, 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 it's been a madness. It's been weird. It's been junk and emotion. And I'm bringing you, shifting you back because there, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That we can have an expectation that the presence of the Holy Spirit would love to pour out upon His people in a way that is healthy, in a way that is real, in a way that is undeniable, the presence of God. I want that for me. I want to walk in that every day. The expectation that I can wake up and that I can commune with the Father, that the Holy Spirit can interrupt my day and interrupt my thinking and begin to lead me in a way that is a blessing to other people. But not just for me, but for all of you. Those sons and daughters of the Most High God. Those priests who understand that they're carrying the presence of God. And that you begin to walk in that. It, it, it changes everything. God calling us back to a place where His presence is real and where the Holy Spirit is active. Temple, the Holy Spirit. For the temple, for, for the Holy Spirit to be in us. For us to be from God and not our own. I've seen so much this past week. This, I, I'm fascinated by this revival in Asbury, Kentucky. Because well, that's, that's where Paul and I, our family are from. And you see that. And I see so many commentaries. People trying to speak in. Well, is it real? And, you know, I question that. And, you know, or, or, or other well-known people wanting to step in. And let, you know, let, let us help you. And. You know, it, see, God doesn't need our help with that, guys. Every, everything that I have seen is that there is a gentle, sweet presence of the Holy Spirit present. I, I, I have not heard one denominational label from the, from, from the ordinary people like me and maybe you that gather in that room not denying the presence of God. And yet for many, it's like, well, yeah, we got to get there. We got to get there because it, it's place. But as I shared with you last week, see, God is not confined now to a place. Amen. Revival is carried by people. Yeah, I, I, I'm not getting on a plane to go to Kentucky. But I'm... I am asking the Lord of heaven to pour out his spirit right here. Natalie Runyon, she, she does, she's raised to stay. I, let, me, let me share with you what she shared in some slides this week. 
I want to ask our musicians, once you guys come up and help me, but I have some slides from her. If not, let me know. Okay. You don't have to leave your city to find revival. It isn't confined to a location or limited by an experience. Some of us are still chasing movements, but we haven't yet grasped the message of Jesus. We want the hype. We just don't know what to do with the holy. Next slide. We don't have to chase revival. The spirit of the living God will pour out wherever there are thirsty souls. Anybody thirsty? I'm thirsty. Next slide. Grab a guitar, a few friends, and your Bible and gather to pray as if the presence of God is going to show up. And then pray without ceasing. Fast. Ask him to light a fire in your heart for your city. And then watch it turn into a wildfire. You don't have to chase revival. It's right where you are. Next slide. You want an upper room? Open your home. <laughs> you want revival? Shout the name of Jesus from where you are. You want miracles, signs, and wonders? Don't wait for a planning center. And by the way, we canceled it. It ain't coming. But you want an invitation? Here's your invitation. You open your home. <laughs> you, you pray and you fast and you do your best. Your godly best. And you invite the presence of God and you just say, come Holy Spirit. I don't want to be on either side of these weird experiences. But I want to be in the center. God, where you pour out your spirit. And it's still like a holy fire. That burns up that which is junk. And purifies and brings us to a place where God will use us in amazing and outstanding ways to be vessels of His. Give me this next slide. The scriptures show us how the crowds followed Jesus and the disciples because they were intrigued by the movement of Jesus. But not all understood His message or mission. Next one. Wherever Jesus went, those who were hungry were fed, the sick healed, the dead raised, religious confronted, and even as he ascended into heaven, he promised he would leave his spirit that, that another, and we would be his witnesses here, there, and everywhere. We are filled with that same Holy Spirit. <laughs> Won't you stand to your feet, guys? Lord, here we stand. Here we stand today, God. And God, I'm so comforted and excited because I, I don't want to have to think about going to some place. I don't want to chase after. But God, I, you know the heart of my, and the depth of my prayer is that you would pour out your spirit right here in this place and in this room. Not anything special about the room. Because, God, your scripture, your word to us is clear that we are temples of the Holy Ghost. We are your vessels. We are your sons and your daughters. 
The question is, are we hungry? Are we experiencing the presence of God? Are we experiencing the Holy Spirit leading us to do anything? Are we seeing miracles in our life? Are we seeing God move in our life? And maybe today, maybe beginning today, we would see in this place vessels, men and women, teenagers and older adults, single and married, that would somehow begin to say together, God, we hunger, we thirst after you. And God, we understand. It's, it, it, you're waiting on us. You'll pour out your spirit when we hunger and thirst after righteousness. That you will fill us. We're not chasing you. But God, we are open vessels to you. Lord, today in this place, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you may pour out fresh and new upon willing vessels. They'll do exactly what we're talking about. They want to see you lead their lives. They don't want to depend on some leader and some professed special important person but God I believe you're pouring out your spirit on every person in this room that would say yes to you today willingness to lay down our agenda and our calendars and our expectations to see you move in our life Holy Spirit have your way we will make room for you today revive us O Lord do a great work in this city in this country, in the hearts of individuals, people who have no big name. We are not celebrities in this room today, but we are willing vessels. Come Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. They're going to sing, guys, Yahweh. This is our opportunity. You just worship Him with all you got. And if you need to pray, I've got people that will pray with you. And when we're done today, we're going to be praying off on the side again. And there's going to be no video. There's going to be no cameras. It's just us seeking the Lord. If you have a physical need today, we're praying. We're anointing with oil in the name of Jesus to see him touch the sick, believing that he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. If you want to join with people who believe that and you have a prayer need today, in your life or someone you know, you want to stand in the gap for someone else, come and join us over here on the side. But in these next few minutes, as we just allow the Lord to lead us in this space, I don't have nowhere I need to go, Lord. I have nowhere I need to go. I invite you to wreck my plans for the day. Come Holy Spirit. Whispers the sound. 